another episode of renewed talk this is your girl with the pearls kelly pritchett hey, and i'm with my very 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 good friend the founder of this show the senior pastor of renewed talk oh no <laughs> elaine janelle what's up elaine hey sis how you doing i'm swell that's awesome so this is actually a pretty good monumental show this is the 10th episode of renewed talk how do you feel oh my gosh lord pray <laughs> this thing is really coming along i can't believe july gonna be here this soon it's may and it feel like march and february it's cold outside it's cold i'm sitting wrapped <laughs> i'm wrapped up whole armor got on i told and one the blankets. i told one of my customers today i said it don't feel like the month of may I don't uh-uh. want the month of May right now. <laughs> uh-uh. April showers. 
This was supposed to be April, not May. But in Spring April, we was getting snow. This is so confusing. <laughs> Jesus is soon to return. Soon to return. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> tonight's topic is something that can be a very controversial topic. Um, we can go on and on about this topic, but it's about music, a curse and a success. The scripture is Psalms 87 and 7. As they make music, they will sing. All my fountains are in you. Um, tonight's episode, we're really going to cover um, a lot about music, underrated artists, um, the gospel music industry. We have with us our special guests, Marquez Cassidy and Mike Sanford. Mm-hmm. They're going to be joining us a little later in the show. Um, so, yeah, this is something you really want to listen to. Stay tuned. And I'm turning it over to our senior pastor, Elaine Janelle. <laughs> you're going to stop calling me senior pastor. That's my senior pastor. I don't have no church. And honestly, I don't want one either. <laughs> <laughs> not my ministry. Not my calling. Not it. Not at all. <laughs> not in this life. Honey. And the next one, I won't need it. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Not in this life, and in the next one, I won't need it. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Well, hey, y'all. It's Elaine Janelle on the mic. And, of course, the 10th episode of Renew Talk. And I'm just going to feature our brand for this month, um, which is something that's kind of dear to my heart. I got, like, a whole background story for how I feel on this spot. <laughs> The name of this brand is called Zuva.com. That is Zuva, Z-U-V-A-A.com. And um, I found Zuva.com because my good friend, Lionel, yeah, who um, passed away recently, had this idea that for my 30th birthday, I should do this thing called Dashikis in D.C. (laughs) And he was joking. And when he said it, I said, no, 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 no. I know you laughing, but that's so nice. So, I took the theme, and I then began to search, like, African um, print-style clothing, African print, just clothing in general. And even though we used the word dashikis, it didn't mean you had to actually wear a dashiki. It was just trying to put African clothing back on the map. In my, in my search, around my th- right before my 30th birthday, way before my 30th birthday, I found Zuba.com. And Zuba is a brand that is celebrating its second year anniversary. It was started in 2014 by a young lady by the name of Kalishi. And the brand is known as a global marketplace for African design. Kalishi started the brand because she was noticing that while growing up as a child into an adult, that it was very difficult to find modern and trendy African inspired pieces. So she created Zuba to fill that void. She kind of wanted to see help people change how they were viewing uh, African clothing in the fashion industry and in the world as general. And the reason why it's called a global marketplace for African designers is because these designers come from all around the world. I have two things now from Zuva. Um, one, I got a dress from them for my 30th birthday. I didn't wear it though. Um, <laughs> but I still had the dress because now I wear it. And I got it from DC. But it was through Zuva. So they kind of use it as a medium to get artists and and designers clothing out in the world. And a lot of the people who make these clothing are African people. And a lot of the clothes actually do come from Africa. Now I have a skirt that was made in Africa, but I was able to buy it 
at a pop-up shop by Zuva in Brooklyn, New York. So Zuva is doing something that is very different. The word Zuva means to shine. It's inspired by the Shana language of Zimbabwe. And it means to shine. And her thing is she wants uh, African clothing to kind of shine, to kind of meet the, the expectations of people around the world. So Kalishi, Renew Talk is here to support you. I want anybody who is listening, check out Zuva, Z-U-V-A-A.com, or follow them on Instagram at shopzuva. And when I tell you, if you don't do nothing else, join their list, of uh, their newsletter list, and you will get discounts galore. It's their birthday this month, so because it's their anniversary or birthday, whatever you want to say, they are give, They have discounts, 10% off, 15% Uh-oh, off, 20% off. Sign up. <laughs> I love the discount. All for all kinds of things. Lily Creation, Mommy and Me Sets, Aquila, uh, I-10. It goes on and on, and they also... Um, I want to shout out the person who I've got a skirt from, Kierfrica, who is out of Brooklyn, New York, and who sells her designs on Zuva. And I like her because her little quote is, God is also in Africa. Yes, he is. So I just want to let y'all know <laughs> that um, if you don't know nothing else about me, I have a, like a little passion that's slowly building more and more and more for Africa because of the fact that I want people to see it for what it is and not what we have, what media has made it to be. Y'all feel me? So support Zuva.com. Get to uh, get a new outfit. And if you can't do nothing else, if you're in the tri-state area, go to a pop-up shop. They have one coming up in the month of June, June 4th and June 5th at 138 Fifth Avenue, New York, New York. And um, you can RSVP. Just go to their website, click on pop-up shops, and they have a whole list of where pop-up shops have been and where they're going. I'm telling you, support the brand because the brand is very positive and it's bringing something new to the scene. Well, that's all for tonight. That sounds amazing. Um, I was saying that slow because I was literally, while you were talking, sitting signing up for the Zuva um, mailing list because yes. I need to get some stuff for convocation. Praise God. Yes. And when I tell you... Come on, church girls. You need something that's going to hit the floor. Yes! <laughs> out amongst thee. Is that in the Bible? <laughs> and ye also shall have power and stand out amongst thee. <laughs> Kelly, five and one. <laughs> <laughs> and whatever skirt or dress you get, it will stand out. I promise you. Okay? So I'm just Beautiful. letting you know. And if you go to a pop-up shop, you might actually get a discount because I have a coupon right now for $15 off. Ooh. The next time I go to order something on Zuva, so you can make it work, okay. Um, in the meantime, we have more music coming up. Uh, my girl Sunny Hawkins out of LA with her song with What If. It's a good, um, it's been out for a while, probably 10 years or so. My, oh my lord, it's been out for like 10 years, but it's a great song. And check it out, and we'll be right back. Uh, here at Renew Talk with our special guest tonight. Peace, uh, well, not peace out. See you later, sorry. Yeah, peace out. Wait a minute, Kelly. What's up? I don't think we ever told him what the topic of the, music of the topic was tonight. I did. I said music, a person of success. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> peace out. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we'll be right back. <laughs> Life and love. See your great 
see the times that you've used me and blessed me and the gifts that you've given me. I can't help but think how much more beautiful the music would be and how much more wonderful the world could be if your children just gave you the keys and let you drive. What if my life could prove everything I couldn't say? What if my walk with you led people to try your way? What if my faith in you brought forth everything I prayed? What if I lived for you? What if my need for you drowned out my body's cold? What would it mean to you if I wrote Latter-day songs? What if I looked for you when them temptations come long? What if I breathed for you?
Hello everyone and welcome back to Renew Talk with me and good old Oh, Kelly, sorry. <laughs> Kelly. It never Kelly. fails. It no, it's always one beat after. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We are here with our special guest on this evening. Um and I would like for them to introduce themselves. They can go as they feel the need. Tell them about themselves and what they do, where they're from, et cetera, et cetera. Just not too much. Uh, my name is Marquez Cassidy. I'm a student at Berkeley College of Music. I'm from um, originally Asheville, North Carolina. Um, and yeah, I sing, I play, I write. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Michael. I mean, I don't call you that. I call you Mike. Okay, uh, I'm Mike Sanford. I'm from Philly. Um, I am a teacher. I am uh, into PR. I work for a magazine in New York, Heat Magazine. I'm in grad school, and you know, I'm living life. You know, having a good time. Just tipping this lemonade, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> Of all things, a mission. Um, excuse me, Mike. What's your major in grade school? What are What are your? Uh... Oh, I'm just getting my master's in multicultural education. Oh, very well. <laughs> so, as everyone already knows, our topic to this evening is music, a curse and a success. And I'm going to let Kelly Pritchett pick it up from here, and she's going to help direct our conversation on tonight. What's your first question or first thing you want to discuss? about music being a curse and success on tonight? Okay, I, I, I want to start it off by um, this a really quick generic question. Was Lemonade not, like, just a beautiful visual album from Beyonce? Visually, it was beautiful. But that wasn't on the list. I was kidding. Um, um, <laughs> no, but um, let's start off with um, some underrated artists. Um, and... We can expand on, you know, why are some artists underrated or how do you become, I guess, underrated? The difference between um, mainstream and underrated artists, do you think underrated artists are better? Personally, I do. I, I, not say not to say better, but I, I tend to enjoy them more um, for being underrated. Um, so, Marquez, what do you think about uh, an underrated artist? What, what are your views on it? Um, well, uh, I was trying to think of some off the top of my head that I really can't think of. Um, there's some harder, underrated artists I know of. Um, I think Jasmine Sullivan being one of them. Um, but she's, but she, as, as she goes along and as time like transpires, I think she'll, she'll come on her in the limelight. But I think my, my view on that, um, uh, <laughs> um, why it is they're underrated might be image. Um, not to say they're not marketable, but you know, um, be it that you know, being an artist, you need to have some form of sex appeal for some. Um, not to say her specifically, but just in general, I guess. Um, you know, weight comes into play. Um, looks, she's very beautiful. So that's not even an issue. But I mean, when you talk about generally image and being uh, marketable, 
um, I think those are, um, you speak about uh, underrated artists it being an issue or being a problem as to why they're not, or as to why they are underrated. For me, I guess one of them. Okay, yeah. I, uh, I think I would agree with what Marquez said. You know, when I think of underrated artists, I think Jasmine Sullivan is, I think she's, like, underrated but not underrated at the same time. Like, when I think of an underrated artist, I think of, like, my personal favorite artist, like, in the world, who, who's just my favorite artist, and I'm not just saying this, is um, Emily King, right? When okay. I think of somebody that's underrated, I think of her. I think she has incredible melodies. I think she writes incredible songs. I think she... You know, just has a good vibe. But sometimes underrated artists, like, are they underrated or are they just, like, niche artists? You know, like, what makes an artist underrated? underrated. Like, uh, is it accolades? Is it, like, do we not hear them on the radio enough? But then I think, well, do they want that? You know what I mean? Right. When I think of, like, certain artists, like my friend, uh, Leah Smith, who, you know, I've had the pleasure of, you know, working with, performing with, writing with. I mean, I would consider her an underrated artist. I mean, she could have very well been huge if she probably wanted to. I mean, she's that talented. But you know, you just never know. Like, do some of those artists want that? Um, and then again, to Marquez, Marquez, Marquez's point, uh, marketability, mass appeal, um, the type of music they sing, is it a singable, like, you know lyrics what are they talking about can people relate to it like is it fun can you play it in the club can you play it on the radio are people requested are people going to buy it like i think all of that has the a part into it as well um but i think underrated artists are great i mean you know they offer something different for music and that they offer variety you know i love the internet i think they're phenomenal artists um you know you you and at, and at some point like you look at tori kelly Right, at some point, she was not Tori Kelly. Like she was like Tori Kelly. Like she She's was underrated. Girl from Vine. <laughs> yeah, she was the girl from Vine, but she was like up and like I don't know. What, what, what do you think, Kelly? Um, I think that the the term underrated can be used very loosely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tori Kelly, she was an underrated artist until she was really discovered and she still maintained her sound and her style but it just took for her to take another take another route like i followed i remember when she really like got big on vine um she started out on american idol so i mean i wouldn't call i wouldn't really say underrated i would kind of say the underdog a little bit she started off as the underdog she got like she didn't even make it past the audition in American Idol, and I don't even know what year that was, but then she started, you know, really blowing up through Vine and things like that, and now she has, like, a deal with Pepsi. So I really think Tori Kelly was more of the underdog, I want to say. Yeah, I would, I would consider her to be the underdog who, like, finally got got her moment. I, I feel like right now, at this present moment, she's staying true to what Tori Kelly was on Vine and things like that. I haven't seen anything changing um, or her going, I taking the mainstream route or whatever. But um, yeah, I would say we use underrated 
very it, it can have a lot of different meanings to underrated like pj morton is very popular but to some he would be an underrated artist because he's not necessarily mainstream yeah so i mean what do you guys think I actually think it's going back to what uh, Michael said, where some people, I feel like, don't want to be known in any other vein than the kind of the vein that they're presenting. Does that make sense? So, not saying they don't want to be diversified, but they kind of want to be in the vein that they're actually in. And if they're asked to switch or change too much out of what they want to do or their comfort zone, per se, that can then hinder them and make them an underrated artist or make them an underdog. Because I think just because you decide to stay in one lane doesn't mean you're a bad artist. It just means you kind of know the the space you should stay in. I, I don't know. Because some people can venture off and do well. And then others can't. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think that it's kind of learning your lane. While you was talking about Tori Kelly, to be honest, y'all, who I'm not very, uh, I don't know who she is. Okay, I was thinking of Lettucey. <laughs> I was thinking of Lettucey because of the fact that, you know, some people was calling her, like, the underdog or underrated, blah, blah, blah. She had this great voice, da, 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 da. But Lettucey kind of was staying in this vein for a long, long time of just jazz or, you know, she, she sang opera. She's done classical music. Like, so she was kind of staying in a vein close to that field. And it kind of wasn't until, what, two, three years ago when her last album, they really started getting big. I'll say about two years ago. They really started getting big. But she changed her style of music. She stopped skit-scatting all the time, you know, on a recording. <laughs> she do, she'll still do it live. I mean, she's not going to turn down, but so much. But she just stopped doing that on her recording. She made her recordings a little bit more adjustable to the R&B field. And then they began to welcome her. So, you get what I'm saying? Like, sometimes it, sometimes adjustment has to be done. Not saying that you're compromising, per se, uh, but that you're willing to make some adjustments to kind of grow your audience, if that makes sense. Absolutely. You were talking about the People in the art, even what you just said, like uh, you're standing in your lane and your niche. It is. I mean, you think about PJ, you know, when he came out, it was like total, <laughs> at least for those in the church, it was like, what? It was like the son of bishop or whatever, pastor, want to sing love songs. But then after he got out there, got popularity and stuff, and great songs, like he's found that, like a line between R&B and kind of gospel, you can hear it in there. Same Emily King, jazz and soul, and Robert Glasper is another one. Mm -hmm. A gospel influence like jazz, R&B. So like finding where it is your lane, um, and to say you're underrated for that, I mean I don't know. Um, like um, Kelly was saying, like that's just a I don't know. That's a little bit subjective. I don't know, the term underrated. Yeah, I do think it's a. I think it can be subjective because, like Robert Glasper, like you, you're you're winning Grammys for mm -hmm. just doing you. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I think I think the Grammys came because he was persistent in it. You know what I mean? Like he didn't. Yeah, he, he still was creative. He still, you know, continued his creativity and he grew in his creativity. But he stayed in his lane and he worked that lane 
like crazy. And so I think he's respected because of that. Mm. What you think, Mike? What I was saying before I was brutally interrupted. <laughs> um, how are we met? Like, what? what is underrated? Because you, know, you have mainstream artists who are underrated, you know? Uh, and I say, I say, I mentioned Mariah Carey before, but a lot of her songwriting is underrated. Like, she's underrated as a songwriter to me. Like, I don't, I think she is, um, more respected as, you know, as a 90s vocalist. You know, her octaves in the 90s. You know, a lot of people are not really <laughs> vibing with her musical stylings right now. Um, but in the 90s, she was the queen of the 90s. Um, <laughs> the way you keep saying it. And the queen of 2005 with the emancipation of Mimi. That was that work. But, you know, her song, I, I feel, you know, I'm no music guru or executive. I'm not going to pretend like I am one. But I think that her songwriting, for the most part, is underrated. And she's an incredible songwriter. So, like, what are we, like, what's underrated? Like, is, is it the artist or is it their visibility? Is it their, you know, we don't hear them a lot on the radio? Like, how are we really categorizing what is an underrated artist? Like, Marquez mentioned Jasmine Sullivan. I mean, I personally have been seeing a lot of Jasmine Sullivan on TV. Like, you know, she's doing these spot dates. She's selling out shows and all that. But, like... What would make her an underrated artist, even though she is pretty much signed to like a major label and has like backing and all that? Like, what makes her an underrated artist? Serious question. I think it's, I don't, me personally, and it's just my opinion, I feel like she has, and maybe it, it, with time it'll come, but the accolades that she's kind of, she kind of deserves. Mm. I'm not saying she deserves it right now or she's done anything big, but she, she's made like some good, and this is very like generic and scratching the surface, but she's made some decent albums. She's been nominated for a few Grammys here and there. And she really hasn't, I feel like she hasn't gotten the respect that she deserves. Hmm. not gotten her just okay i'm gonna say this and this is about to sound really ignorant but compared to keisha cole you know she keisha cole was thriving and you know at one point she was really like she was like the next mary J. and i'm like thinking to myself keisha cole jasmine sullivan (laughs) you know and that and, and putting them next together jasmine sullivan is can blow Keisha Cole out the water, but it's like, but sure, Jasmine Sullivan can blow Keisha Cole out of the water, but Keisha Cole made those songs that right were marketable and people could sing along to. Like the average Joe, you cannot sing. You can sing along the, or you can sing running in circle. You can sing that, or you can sing the other stuff. Like Keisha Cole had those those radio hits, like, you know what I mean? Like, she had those songs, you know? I think that's what's up. Clearly, she she can't touch Jasmine vocally. But, I mean, how many people can touch Brandy vocally? But when was Brandy's last hit? Like, let's right. be No shots. I love Brandy. I mean, because she begging her. and pleading. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I love no, you Brandy. Mean, you Look, don't put that in there, Elaine. Don't put that in there. <laughs> I, I love Brandy. I do. I do. 
Well, I'm just saying. You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're saying. I think that that's why I can put in there because I understand exactly what you mean because Brandy is way... I I think like we like when we talked last time, I fully agree that Brandy gives something that sing. I can't get I mean, from other she, artists. She can just sing. Like, it is what it is. She can sing. Yes. Just and, flat out sing. But, unfortunately, she has not really been able to find, like, a hit. You know what I mean? That would just right. make her... You know, I mean, she had her moments, too, in the 90s. And, you know, and her huge, like, Grammy moments, Boy Is Mine, and Never Say Never, all that. Classic music. Classic album. But, you know, it's a different time now. So, I mean, I don't know. That Those are just my little scattered thoughts. It's know. such a hard question to answer because it's like, like you said, well, what's your definite, like, what's an underrated artist? And what what do you consider underrated? And it's not like, it's kind of like, a question that really can't be answered. It's like mm-hmm. it's like asking you what's your definition of success. We probably all four of us have four different answers of what success is. So we probably like everybody probably has their different version of what's underrated, um, or you know what's this and what's that. So I mean, I, you really got me thinking about the brandy because we can say India R is underrated, but I mean right. You can say, you know, but she is probably extremely respected. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, we can we can say those things. Like, but then you have artists just like that. You know, you have Jill Scott and Alicia Keys, who are extremely respected and awarded and accolades and all that. And they're all in that same vein. Do you think, I'll say this, since we were talking about the whole underrated concept or idea, can you... If a person becomes more versatile or shows more versatility in their music or writing or et cetera like that, do you think that that will turn more heads? Like, or do you think that plays against people? Like, what do you mean? Like, crossing genres? I guess crossing genres or um, if Brandy stopped, okay. If she trans, if she did, we'll use her since she was then on topic. Uh, if she transcended her top, her style to being more simplified and just a great beat, do you think what people would turn their heads more, or do you think that you know what I mean? Like, I'm just throwing this idea out there. Am I making sense? Y'all can tell me if I'm not. Yeah, well, I think personally. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> Like versatility, like I, for me personally, I think that's like key. Um, if we think about, we mentioned legacy, um, and like they said, I can't tell off the top of my head any songs by, by legacy, but I know like she can sing, like she's definitely like a, a top singer in like my book. And then you have a bunch of tribute shows. You know, she <laughs> she might be one of the vocalists because she is that versatile. And she spoke to that, I think, one time when she came to, like, Berkeley for, like, a master class. She said that um, she didn't learn that early, like, to be, um, to do what people ask for, what people want. Um, you see Fantasia. I can't tell you what's, but I, she's another example. Like, <laughs> you're going to see on a good, somebody's tribute, somebody getting an award, you're going to see Fantasia. Like, um, I think versatility is, like, key. But I don't know the whole like the brandy thing, stripping it down. If I don't, I don't know. You know you <laughs> I don't know. I just wouldn't be used to that. I, I don't know. I think, 
I'm sorry. I, I can't really hear, so I, I hope I'm not cutting anybody off. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. I think, like Markel mentioned, like, you know, let us see. She's a phenomenal example of our versatility. And, um, you know, even uh, Fantasia, I think they are they are extremely soulful artists. Um, and people like that, you know, I think of, when I think of them, I think of, like, Eddie LaBelle. Like that. But in terms of their own personal music or any artist, again, no expert. Exactly. Um, like, a new artist, I think, in terms of their own music and what they're creating, I think that as a new artist coming out, I think it's always important to kind of find a sound. Um, okay. I... As a new artist. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're that, saying. What I think is, I, I personally think sometimes um, you know, as creatives, and I get it, because as a creative, you have all this stuff going on in your mind, you kind of want to get it down. Everybody's going to let you because it's like creative. It's incredible. But I, sometimes people get confused as to like what you're trying to do if you don't give them something that they can kind of run along with you know what i mean um in terms of the artist taking the one genre and blah 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 and being uh versatile that's what we're talking about that's what we're talking about versatility a lot of artists are versatile i mentioned beyonce first album great album very streamlined very R&B, it is what it is. Crazy in Love, the other hits off the album. Second album, B-Day, a lot more clubby. You know, she had those songs. Um, what's the song? What's the song? Um, Get Me Body. Yeah, Get that's wrong. <laughs> then Someone third album the was uh, I Am Sasha Fierce. You know, then she came out single ladies. Huge hit. Halo, huge hit. All those great songs, classic albums. She started. She started experimenting a little bit. Then we got to the next album. This is where I think she lost people. That album was very experimental. Um, she really got heavy with the instrumentation. Um, the, the songs were like really interesting and like the melodies and all that. I mean, she had Love on Top. She had some other ones on there, but I think that wasn't. Well, it wasn't as commercially successful as the other albums. Then the next album which was the surprise album, Beyonce, that was, um, you know, very vibey, had some cool songs, and it was very fun, kind of all over the place a little bit. I personally liked it. I think it was great. I think it was a very good mood album. Um, and, of course, this is Beyonce, so we're going to sell. Then we have this new album, Lemonade. Great album. Conceptually, I think it's great. Um, topically, I think it's great. The lyricism is great. The music is great. The melodies um, you know, she's doing some rock, she's doing some country, she's doing some 50s stuff, she's doing a lot of sampling, and it's just a great album, I think it's great. So, the point is, I think that, um, newer artists, especially, you know, when she first came out as a solo artist, of course, she had to stay in a vein, because she had to get the people, right. and, you know, make, make get her fan, get her fan base, secure her fan base, which she already had one from Destiny's Child, but as Beyonce, she kind of had to establish that base. Mm-hmm. Then once she started moving forward, transitioning, growing as an artist, she began to expand more, started doing more things with, with the music, and started doing more things with the genres, and here we are, 2016, with Lemonade, and it's a great album, visually and sonically. So that was my point. Got it. And you know what I was about to say? I think if we start the third album, I'm not a big Beyonce fan. Do not shoot me. Do not kill me. Oh, no, I do. Okay. This is just me. I think that third album, if I could, I could be wrong. I think Solange did a lot of writing on her album. 
on the third album. She did it. She did do a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. She did do a lot of writing. Somebody ought to give me credit for because for me not to know Beyonce like that, I think I know a little bit about the music industry. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like somebody saying that, and because Solange's style is a tad bit different from Beyonce, um, because I I tend to like Solange's music. So because it's a tad bit different than Beyonce, I can see how if she did a lot of writing on an album, how it didn't. I like that album probably more than I like the other ones, and that would be why. So, I mean, I mean, we've gotten a gist of the whole underrated. Oh, I mean, I guess it's funny because we talked about underrated, but we didn't really talk about overrated. And I think we have a, a clear conclusion subliminally. Does that make sense? A clear conclusion subliminally? It don't. Okay. But I think we have a clear, <laughs> we have a clear idea of artists that are overrated. But it's only because of their artistry. Here's the, where's what I was going to get to when we was talking a minute ago. We talked about Fantasia. We talked about Legacy. We talked about Beyonce. <clears throat> Fantasia, Legacy, Jasmine Sullivan um, are great singers. Awesome singers can move a crowd if they sing a, a B, C, D, E, F, G. But the problem, I think, is, is the artistry standpoint. It's not their vocal standpoint. And when you mentioned that, Michael, I think that that's where some people get lost at. They're great singers all over this world. But if I signed you and I asked you for 12 songs or 10 songs and I asked you to have an album done by a certain due date and I need you to bring a certain level of commitment and creativity and something that's going to actually sell because we, I have to pay my bills with your album, that's kind of where I feel like the artistry can get lost. So we're demanding great vocals, but the industry is demanding great artistry. Am I making sense or am I too far-fetched? No, and I think like with artists like the ones you mentioned, um, when you say we, are you meaning like black consumers? Because, like, um, I mean, no, I was. Oh no, no, no! I was saying like if I worked for Sony or if I worked for I was about to say RCA. I don't even know if they're still a a company uh, anymore. Um, EMI, E one. Let me mention somebody that's relevant. But um, if I worked for one of those companies and my bills, my lights being on is based upon how great your album is going to do, and we signed you, we we signed you, and you contracted it, and we gave you upfront money to make sure you gave us an album that had 10 songs that were effective and that was going to grow people and draw people because we noticed that you had a great fan base and we knew that you could present some good things and we let you work with some great producers and some great musical directors. So then when you let us down... I'm talking about the business side of things who are already signed to major labels. So that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking okay, about okay. versus I, ethnicity and who's actually buying an album. Okay. I think it, I, I personally think, and y'all correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it, um, if I, if I were to think about this like logically, I think that it would have a lot to do with, okay. I would never expect, Jasmine Sullivan to sell as many albums as Mary J. Blige or Beyonce. I would never, I would no. never expect her to do that. So I, I, I think going into this, if I'm signing her, I'm signing her with a clear cut expectation in mind. Like I don't, because she's just not a pop star. Like that's just not what she is. Right. Like that's just right. not what. I mean, Beyonce's touring stadiums. Jasmine's touring like the TLA. Like it's a huge, 
it's a it's a huge gap. difference. Yeah, consumer consumer wise, it's a totally different gap. Yeah, so I mean, I think I don't. I mean, I don't know. I I, I can't answer that because I'm not a music executive. I mean, I don't. Oh, do we have any music, any music executives on the call? <laughs> I can't answer that. You know, what I, mean? I don't contracts. Like I don't know, but I can only assume, like you said, that you know, like, like when you're signing an artist, you are are is an expectation to deliver, um, not just vocally, but they will deliver that bottom line. Right. Because it costs money to, to tour, it costs money to do your album, it costs money for all of that. Um, so, I mean, I don't know, that's a good question. Like, that's a very, very yeah. I mean, good question. I, I, just threw, I just threw it out there only because it's funny how, I mean, nowadays it was a little bit different because um, I think getting signed is not as much, it's not as much as a gold as it probably was 20 or 15 years ago. For a lot of artists. Well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and that's because of the the everything is digital now. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, oh, when Whitney Houston was discovered in a nightclub by Clive Davis, you know, <laughs> Clive Davis is probably looking on Instagram now, or looking on YouTube, or and they're expecting these people who they're signing to already have solid fan bases. They're yeah, expecting these true. people to like Justin Bieber when he was signed, he already had. He already had whatever he had. Same with Tori Kelly, like we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. She already had her Vine views and all that. So they're expecting you now. The it's days of yeah. the artists or the label creating you and doing all this stuff is over. Like, it's gone. Like, it's now you got to come to the label already with something. Like, yeah, you got to come with something to give them. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a different investment. They're not putting all that Mariah Carey money in to to that to tours and all but <laughs> you don't see very many of these new artists like touring like that that's it's true a lot of money like a lot of these artists if you're not a top ticket top tier ticket you touring the regular little house of blue not that that's bad that's great that's but great you gotta work with what you can work with <laughs> but it's it's just a different it's a different time like it's a different age and I mean everything has to evolve music has to evolve and you know, people aren't really buying albums. Like nobody's doing that. So it's like the money is different. I don't know. I'm not really in it, in it physically, but just from my observation, it's just different. Like this is a different time. I don't. What do you think, Marquez? Um, I guess for me, like you were saying about expectation, like the question would have to be asked. Um, well, we were we talked about Jasmine Sullivan, but the question for me, I guess, had to be asked. If there was an expectation for her, like Beyonce or Rihanna, or was it to to satisfy like a certain niche or a yeah. people that she could relate to? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not to say that she was gonna be out there, like you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess that's my. Like, she won't be out there, and she may not be like claimed, but there are like people that she speaks to, like, and she'll still pack up, like you say, in a house of losers. I don't, yeah, I don't like, know. Like I, I had to be yeah. there for that. Yeah. This is interesting. It's, yeah. just, it's just interesting. But it's funny you said that because then it makes sense. Um, it's Both of y'all said it makes sense because then it relates to why we have a R&B chart. You know, you know what I mean? Like, and then separate that from country music chart. Because we know that the, the, the people who are listening to country music are not generally the people who want to also listen to R&B music. 
Every so often you get people to listen to all of it. But for the most part, you're going to get a one type of people listening to R&B, one style of people listening to country, one style of people listening to gospel, classical. So the, the, the charts help them direct, okay, will this person fit on this chart? I mean, people are grateful. I think any major artist in any area of the music world is grateful to get on the Billboard chart, period. Because if you're in the top 50, that means you're, you're doing something. Yeah. Yeah, whether it's just your one good song or one good album, you're doing something if you're on Billboard, period. But I think it's interesting that they had to separate it. It's, I think it's more about the artistry than just the vocality of things. Because we can hear some good singers, not every church, but at church. And you ain't, they ain't passing you no offering. They not passing you an envelope. <laughs> Unless you sign the contract for one. You know what I mean? You know you know what I mean? Like, I'm just being honest. Like, there, I'm sure people in the world are probably like, yeah, I'll take a great beat over a great singer. You you just auto-tune that person and we'll, we'll work it out. That's, that's sad. Yeah, it's sad, but I think it's it's real because... You can't. We're, we're living in a time where we're going off of what sells, and that's the business of it. You got to be real with the business of it, and I think that's the the success and curse because okay, it brings some money, but then it it loses music. Somebody put up on social media recently. Um, I hope that the new wave of music is like actually music, or the, the new sound of music is actually music. And I I guess people are who love old style music or stuff that came from the 60s and 70s, whatever. I think some people are just longing for that time again where it was just about the music. It's not about the artistry. But I'm sorry to say, once the music business took full hand, you're not getting it. You're going to always get a little bit of both. You'll get some good singers and you'll get some bad ones. (laughs) That's that's a weird statement. Um... (laughs) What, what I just I said, mean, you get some good singers and you get some bad ones? Well, no, like the whole thing, I hope the younger generation doesn't lose, what was it? The, no, somebody said that I hope like the new, the new wave of music is actually music. They said something along those lines. Basically saying what has been being created lately isn't real music. And I can understand maybe what they're saying because everything is about the business side of music in the mainstream industry. I'm just staying with the mainstream industry right now, because there is real music out. You can't t- you can't take that away. That's why we have internet. Like you can find indie music anywhere. But I guess that's the, that's what they were saying. Like they feel like it's well, not real music. That I feel like that's an opinion. I'm I'm not saying this is how I feel. I'm just saying this is what somebody. No, said. no, 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 no. But to touch on that opinion, which is very fair. <laughs> it um, is. That that is a very close-minded person. <laughs> I can understand it. Gospel music. I mean, it's a part of the music industry at the end of the day. I mean, you know, you have your staple artists. You have those artists in gospel music who will always be at the upper echelon of gospel music. There's sprinkles of new artists. It's cute. They come up with songs. That's great. Um, but again, like all the other genres that we've mentioned, all the other artists that we've mentioned, gospel music at the end of the day is still a part of the music industry. And while the uh, um, 
while the standard in terms of sales might not be as great as like a pop artist or you know a mega r&b artist there is still an expectation to sell um which is why on a very basic surface level and you know gospel music lovers might be annoyed with this but it's why like a lot you'll hear people say well this song sounds like this or this song sounds like that why because that's a formula that works um and it is what it is like you know artists write songs because that you know at the end you want people to sing your songs like you want people to buy your songs you want you know to be able to go all around the world and tour and everybody knows your song and in order for that to happen really it has to be like an easy song it has to be a simple song with a formula first verse chorus second verse chorus bridge then you do a little vamp out for 35 minutes that everybody loves and everybody's slain in the church. Like, you need that. Like, you want that. Here I am to worship. Like, you need that. You want a, uh, what? What's, what's a good, I give myself away. You need that. You need a good, searched all over, nobody like you. Those are songs <laughs> that are great songs, but they're selling records. And they have made these, they have kind of like, molded the way that this last, I guess, five to ten years of gospel music has sounded because it's a formula that works and it sells records. Like, it is what it is. I mean, I, I don't think these people are, compar- I don't know them personally to be able to say who's not saved. Um, but I, I don't know. Like, I don't think, well, I can't even speak on that. I don't know by his heart. So I'm not even going to go there. But, um, you know, these people write great songs. And, and I believe that there is some, there they, I do believe that they've tapped into something great because, you know, it, it takes skill to write a song in a, in a way, in kind of like a formula way. It, I think that that takes a great skill to follow a pattern, especially if you're a creative. I think it's, it, it it's more skillful for you if you're all the way up here, you have this amazing whatever. I think it takes greater skill for you to tone it down and follow this mold. Because mm-hmm. that's what, like you said, they got bills to pay. They got a band to pay. They got singers to pay. Mm-hmm. They still got to pay their all legal fee, whatever. So I'm going to write nobody's searched all over because I know that's going to sell a whole bunch of records. And it is what it is. And it has sold a lot of records. Kirk Franklin, he writes like that because it works. People can love it or hate it, but the man is brilliant. He writes incredible songs. Arguably one of the best gospel music songwriters. One of the best songwriters, I think. And it works. And I don't think that he's compromised. I think that he writes songs that speak to people and speak to everybody. Everybody wants to hear smile. Everybody. You need to hear that. Everybody wants to hear I want to be happy. (laughs) Why? Because everybody wants to be happy. (laughs) I don't know anybody in the world that don't want to be happy. <laughs> I really don't. Who doesn't want to hear the storm is over now? I feel like I can make it. The storm is over. I mean, let's be honest. That's just, it just is what it is. I missed something. Did Kelly say something right before you talked, Mike? Or she did. She... I did. Oh, wait. No, oh, you were still. I wasn't I here, child. I, I was don't know. not present. I don't, I don't remember, so no, I ain't say nothing. I probably did. I don't remember. Well, Marquez, have you said anything concerning this gospel music topic? Um, no. (laughs) 
think my thing is we talked about compromise, but I think in my opinion it's a settle. People are asking almost to what my they know it works with me. I feel like they're just settling. Could they do more? Possibly so. But I think another thing too, we thought it was such a huge thing when Tasha came out with or just the for example, would break every chain. But our white brothers and sisters have been singing songs like that for years. Like, well, that's a whole, we other, that's a whole other conversation. That whole yeah, and we thing. just decided to put that over here. We know that sales. And we just decided to hook on to that. And then now that's like, oh, my God, this is like, whoa. And it's become like, like it's, it's an anthem. And um, not just to say that song specifically, but, you know, CCM um, has become a big thing. Like, it was like, man, this has been here forever. But we know, like you said, we know it sells. So we're going to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, some people, I think. might not appeal to everybody, but. Yeah. All I was going to say is some people, I think, are trying to cross over markets. I'm just being honest. I mean, I guess, but that's a whole other conversation. It is. <laughs> What'd you say, Marquez? Because you said something right at the end that I didn't catch. No, I'm saying it was, it was about like how we were talking about Jasmine. Yeah, we, we were talking about with Jasmine, like that fine line about um, and what it is that the artist wants to do. Now, mind you, Tasha Cox could do whatever she wants to, but if she wants to be out there to be mainstream, as what we call, and be appealed and known for the masses like an Israel Halton and multicultural break barriers and all that other stuff, be on platforms that she might normally be on singing a James Cleveland song, then she might do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, I mean, if she wants to do what she wants to do, then that's up to her. She just might not appeal to all the masses. Right. So, I, I mean, she, I think she's doing well with trying to be versatile. Like, she's a praise and worship leader at the end of the day. I think that's her greatest strength. But she also knows how, okay, let me CCM them, and then I'll church them. <laughs> like, she plays the field. I got to give her, 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 you know, her props on it because then her music can go different places and everybody says, oh, Tasha, they'll welcome it. And I think that's why she's growing so fast is because she's playing her fields, like, wisely on a bit on a business level. She's playing it wisely and she's she's being, ministry is able to go to multiple places because she's being wise about how she's doing her music ministry. If that makes sense. So, yeah. I mean, that's just an opinion. Some people may feel like, oh, no, she's not that great. She's okay. I mean, but I have to, you, I always recognize somebody for what they are doing right or what they are trying to do right. And I feel like that's what she's trying to do. And you still know she's thinking about Jesus. We don't, we're not oh, having yeah, a busy and sissy moment for, for her. That's true. That's true. I get what Mike was saying earlier about the time, but this is just something about when you say gospel, there's a certain sound that you would expect. A certain sound that you would, you know, like, oh man, that you know this is. And that's where we get into things being genre specific and having names for everything, like gospel, contemporary Christian, and all this other stuff. Those are great songs. But, I mean, I'll pick that. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm, I'm just stopping. I feel like I'm going somewhere else. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I asked the question to start a little bit of controversy because I know Marquez always says like I wish gospel like 
that more gospel singers will sing about like Jesus because he's the gospel. And we've gotten taken away the business aspect of it for a moment. A lot of gospel music is really inspirational music. It's not gospel music. And that's why there's a separation that has been formed. And I mean, I'm not saying anything. Everybody should want to be inspired. But I think the sometimes conviction can get lost if we're going to generalize Christianity or gospel as being inspirational when Jesus inspired, but then Jesus also flipped over tables. So <laughs> he's, a, like he's a turn up, you know, he turned up when necessary. So <laughs> well, Janelle, we should get that put on t-shirts. Jesus inspired, but he also flipped over tables. <laughs> We're going to get those put on Renewed Talk. Hashtag Renewed Talk. So, we got a couple good sayings that I think we can use for Renewed Talk. <laughs> so I did ask the question to cause controversy. I just think that we're too tired to make it controversial tonight. <laughs> so I'm just being honest. Mm. So, I get it. I'm with it. But I mean, just to call it like gospel, temporary Christian. I'm saying I get it about what you're talking about about Jesus at certain times being. I mean, you know, things. All man, don't just say that, preacher. Mm-hmm. That was Paul, though. But it, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, Paul I wasn't saying Jesus said that, but I'm saying <laughs> the oh. um, like Jesus having to turn up at. Whatever necessary time, whatever I get it, but contemporary, this should get the message out there. Yeah. Well, we're gonna close because it's just been a trial and tribulation tonight for me. <laughs> <laughs> but any last minute things you want to share, um, Michael Marquez Kelly? You know, support good music, support what you love, and buy albums, guys. It's fine. It's okay to buy an album. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you said that. <laughs> Instead of saying stop stealing. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. And I'm not going to get into that. Because I'm a Spotify guru. I'm going to be honest. No, I mean, I have title. Like, I don't, I mean, but I pay $9.99 every month, so. I have know. Spotify, and I don't pay nothing every month. I listen to those commercials faithfully. I know some of them by heart. <laughs> I put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> I listen to those commercials faithfully. Any closing mar- remarks? I'm trying to. I'm trying to get to the prayer, y'all. <laughs> yeah, support support your local artists. Like we don't really care for mainstream. Okay, to each his own. So find some local artists or whatever you want. Support them. Father stuff. Thank you, Marquez. <laughs> Kelly Welly, what you gotta say? Man, I love God. You know, love God, what's wrong with you? That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say. No, but really, 
I agree with everybody. Support local artists. Um, support Brennan Pritchett May twentieth, the Art of Mastery. Um, That's right. You know, I'm trying to do this little PR thing for him, even though I have no idea what I'm doing. So I throw him that free little bit out there. But yeah, support your local artists. Support, um, you know, support. Invest, invest in your local artists also. Right. You know, buy the little EP, you know. Shout out, shout out the concert on your social media. Right. That's Stuff right. like that goes a long way too. Mm-hmm. That's true. So, um, Marquez, you can close this out in prayer or it's going to be all you, Mike. More power to you. Mm-hmm. You better, huh? <laughs> 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 I cannot do it right today. <laughs> you want to pray? Okay. God bless you. Thank you can mic. God bless <laughs> rock. No, but really, thank you. Thank you for this. This is really not me to talk about music. But... Definitely, Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time we were to gather um, and share um, and talk about music, what it is that you had created. Um, we hope and pray that um, those artists, um, they would find their niche, those who are trying to do music, who are doing music, um, trying to find what it is, who they, who they need to reach. Um, you know, you see all, we ask that you bless Janelle and Kelly um, with renewed talk on the vision that they have to touch lives and touch people, all of our endeavors um, that we, whatever we do, um, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.